The Paunch Stevenson Show, paunchstevenson.com, episode 90, Monday, November 12, 2007. You okay over there? Yeah, I was adjusting the microphone. Oh. Where's Frank? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> All right, here we go. He's online. It's ringing. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Really? You can hear me? Can- yeah. Hello? Greg. All right. So Yeah, I hear him. Cool. I was just uh, I was just reading about how NTSC broadcasts are going to be ending February seventeenth, two thousand nine. The end of analog broadcasting. So what does that mean? Uh, well, if you have a TV with an antenna, it's not going to get any. any uh, it's it's dead. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, February like like in a, like a little over a year, TVs with antennas like won't work anymore. You have to get like a digital box or something. What about if I were to go to Radio Shack and buy an HD antenna? Well, yeah, yeah. You well, you need the antenna plus you need a uh, you know a receiver. Ah, uh, yeah. That's, uh, why? So, I don't know because they just want to like <laughs> a better picture, I guess. Oh, I think man. they want no. They want to uh, get rid of the analog frequencies. So that they can like you know, so they can sell them to the cell phones and and other devices. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they yeah, the government needs to uh, you know raise some money because uh, you hear the national debt just just uh, reached nine trillion dollars. That was it uh, yesterday, the day before. Yeah. Wow. It it it, it uh, topped nine trillion. I think on on Wednesday, yesterday, or the day before. Yeah. <laughs> you think they can sell the frequencies for that much? I don't know. Are you a George Bush fan? No. <laughs> no. I like Ron Paul these days. He's all right. Yeah, he seems to be a good candidate. Yeah, I'm going to be going to a Ron Paul rally by Independent Hall. It's going to be a very libertarian day uh, this Saturday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to go see uh, Ron Paul speak. Yeah, he, he's like a pure libertarian. It's pretty cool. It just seems like yeah, I, I watch uh, Real Time on HBO with Bill Maher. Uh, and, I, I can't. I can't stand that guy anymore. Well, he talks about Ron Paul, and he shows clips from the debates and everything. And it's like all the other Republican candidates are bickering over terrorism, and this guy's like, you know, can't we talk about anything else besides terrorism? <laughs> I, I had given up on it on you know, like traditional politics, but this guy comes along, and he's sort of like, I don't know, he's kind of cool, you know. And it's so, weird because he's a really old guy. <laughs> Yeah, the guy's like 80, but, uh, you know, he's, he's not as old as Reagan, though, right? Or is he? I well, I mean, I know Reagan now is a bit older. Reagan now would be like about, what, 100? But I mean, like, <laughs> when Reagan took office, he was pretty old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was already uh, kind of wrinkly there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ron Paul is Ron Paul looks good, you know. It's, uh, it could be interesting to see how that works out. Apparently, like, uh, you know, you know, Sean Hannity, the uh, conservative uh, talk show host, Apparently, uh, like if, if you try to talk about Ron Paul on one of his message boards online, like you get kicked off his message board. That's, yes. that's what's happening. Like they're, 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 they're like banning anything about Ron Paul. Why? You know, these people are Republicans. They're having debates about different ideas in Republicanism, but they're just like banning this guy completely. All they want to talk about is terrorism. It doesn't make any sense. Not at all. Well, that's their bread and butter. You gotta, 
cook up some fear. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't fall for it. It's, it's not it's scary. It's annoying. It's it, it, very annoying. You know, fear motivates people, I guess. But uh, The fact of the matter is um, the neoconservatives, they got their way. They went, made a war that they didn't have evidence for. And the result is, as we've seen, I... I I guess I don't know if it's official or not. A hundred dollar gas prices, uh, oil, yeah, uh, prices per what per barrel? It's crazy. So what you're saying is going to be a hundred dollars a gallon? That's like that'd be a, kind a of a barrel. Expensive. You could like not a gallon. Drive, that, that would you could like drive down the street. <laughs> that's insane. it. You know, you couldn't afford to drive to the gas station anymore. A hundred dollars a gallon. Yeah, that would. That's like a Mad Max there. Yeah, where, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome or whatever. There. I have a yeah. question. Yeah. Well, okay, wait. First of all, this is the Paunch Stevenson show. <clears throat> Episode 90. 90? Wow, that's awesome. We're, up to right? we're, almost, <laughs> we're almost up to the uh, price uh, barrel for, uh, for oil. <laughs> so, we have our friend Frank on the show. Frank from The Overnightscape. Hello. Theovernightscape.com. You're up to episode 630-something? Uh, uh, I just released 658. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I'm doing them daily again now. I'm doing them like seven days a week. I just started doing it to sort of, it just sort of happened. But I'm doing uh, seven days a week, 24 minute shows for a while. I don't know how long it's going to last, but this frequency, but it's, 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 uh, going pretty well. Kind of enjoying the shorter format. In fact, I, as I said on my show, I sort of arrived at this 24 minute format and you guys have been doing 24 minutes. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, what was your reasoning behind 24 minutes? Because I arrived at it from a very convoluted, like, series of steps, but, before we actually started doing the show, I thought about it a lot. And I said, okay, a TV show is a half hour, usually. Yeah. So, and that seems to be popular. That seems to be a good format. And then I said, well, wait a minute. But with without commercials, like if I watch an, a, an episode of a TV show on a DVD, it's probably somewhere around 22 minutes. Yeah. So, figure maybe somewhere between 22 minutes and 30 minutes. Yeah, we uh, we had anticipated being able to sell advertising, but that hasn't come to bear. <laughs> and I figured if people are commuting, it's it's a good length, but also maybe somewhat of a psychotic reason was I I tried to be as really really practical and compatible with every format as possible, and the reason I came up with twenty four episodes uh, with with, with twenty four minutes per episode is because. I said, if there are people out there who don't have MP3 players and who download the episodes and put them onto a CD in audio form and listen to it on a CD player, and if they, if for some reason they found a, like a really good sale on old 74 minute CDs, <laughs> I wanted, I said, what is the most efficient way to use that 74 minute CD? <laughs> uh, and wow. it was. It was three 24-minute episodes. That's, yeah, that does make sense, actually. <laughs> well, I also thought, like, you know, if, if, like, for example, if I was going to do it five days a week, five 24-minute episodes is exactly two hours. So that's kind of like a nice, neat little, you know, division. So it's... Yeah, you know, so it's, I don't know if maybe you and I analyze this stuff too I analyze much. it a lot. Like, I was looking... <laughs> I, you know, I, I felt like people are, are always looking for, you know, people listen to a lot of podcasts and they want something shorter... And I kind of thought that 30 minutes was maybe a little bit too long. And I think if you say something is 20 something minutes, people are going to think it's a lot shorter. Even right. if you said 29 minutes, it, you know, it just sounds like a lot shorter than 30 minutes. 
you know, and also it's one times two times three times four. So that's also kind of a, a good tw- equals 24. So it's sort of like a perfect kind of number. <laughs> I don't know. It's divisible well, by everything. And the thing is, so after a while, every once in a while, we would do an episode that was a few minutes longer. And at first I felt very uncomfortable about that because I said, what if, if there's one guy at home who just downloaded this episode and now it won't fit onto a CD <laughs> with two other episodes yeah. onto an old CD. And then after a while, I just said, you know what? Who's using old CDs anymore? Yeah. Forget it. Those would be like worth more like on a collector's market, I would think. You know? <laughs> Where the I know it's you it's, it's 80 minutes now. Yeah, yeah. You think there is a, coll- a collectible blank, uh, you know, CD media market out there? Like, you know, you no. collect. I think there probably could be like the original seventy-four minute ones from like, the, like <laughs> yeah, the late nineties, like a mint box, like a vintage Maxell from like two thousand. That could be worth something. <laughs> Welcome to the Paunch Stevenson Show. But isn't there this thing? I always hear people say this, that CDs or DVDs as a medium, storage medium, are no good because they have a shelf life of like 10 years or some 15 oh, years. And, yes. and I think to myself, wait, I have CDs that are like 20 years old. They still work. See, I, I, got, I, I, I looked at those people. I got all paranoid and I started transferring them all to like, like hard drives. And I, every single one was fine. And these were some that were actually you know, getting to be over 10 years old. And not, and I didn't have a single one, you know, knock on wood that, you know, that had gone bad, but it's just this paranoia. They're like, they're deteriorating. All your data is deteriorating. <laughs> it, 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 they said it might last 30 years, but you never know. So it, it is, yeah, it's aggravating. I mean, it's got to get off of there at some point. And plus, like, I kind of gave up on DVDs because, you know, I have like, now I have like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gigabytes. How am I going to back it up on, on these little tiny DVDs? You know, it would take forever. Yeah, but what if the hard drive crashes? You need a duplicate of everything on multiple hard drives and preferably in multiple locations. That's the ideal. Uh, <laughs> but I can't afford little, that. Like if they have this Verizon FiOS now, which is a uh, fiber optics, which is available for me now. But I, you know, I, I'm not sure if I want to get it. But if you get that, if you could start uploading to one of these uh, off offsite storage uh, services, right? You know, uh, hundreds of gigabytes theoretically to be stored yeah. wherever they're storing the stuff. So, well, I mean, in the professional sense, I know like at at my office, we back everything up on tape. Yeah, the place I, I worked at a place where they're like, "Yeah, we take these tapes to an underground bunker in like uh, out <laughs> yeah. in the hills of New Jersey. <laughs> they, they, they like it, it can survive like a nuclear strike. Nuclear strike, you know? Jeez. So yeah, so your data is safe. You know, after the nuclear holocaust, you can retrieve your data. Yeah, <laughs> that great. Yeah, my favorite thing was with these with these tapes. I think I, like the exabytes or whatever they were called. We packed up all this stuff on them, and the machine broke. So we bought another machine. And like half the tapes didn't work, so we called the company. They're like, "Oh yeah, you kind of need the same machine you you, you wrote it on to read it because they're all <laughs> a little bit different." We're like what? <laughs> yeah, your your data your data you, you threw it out. Oh okay, those <laughs> those tapes are dead. I was like, "What? How can that even be?" You know, it's like it was just very odd. But uh, yeah, that that's a very bad system. I, don't know, I just I just hate tape all around. I hate working with any kind of tape. Yeah, there's, luckily there's not too much. Well, I'm, I'm dealing with all my old VHS now, transferring them all to DVD. Oh, man. And, uh, Through the great, computer? I, no, I, I, well, I started doing that, but it was just 
such a hassle. You know, the computer crashes. You can't do anything else on the computer. Yeah. So I, went, I, I wound up getting this Panasonic uh, VHS to DVD recorder. So you yeah. just like, like I, I, I recorded tons of this stuff off television. So you just have like these six hour tapes. You throw them in there. It can record all six hours on one DVD and you, you just let it run. And it's great, you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, yeah, you could do the same thing on a computer if you had like an input card, but this is just sort of hands off away from the, away from the computer. Sort of you can just, you can do everything. And I've been finding so much great stuff, all these old TV shows. In fact, I found, you remember these, these beanie babies? They had the craze back in the, in the late nineties. Oh, People yeah. People were spending thousands yeah. of dollars for like Twinkles the Bunny Rabbit on these it's Beanie like, Babies. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. You're charging a hundred dollars. Not, I see a little wrinkle on the tag. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the tag. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, 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 I recorded, I, and I, this was towards the end of the phenomenon. I realized I had to record this. I found the Shop at Home channel. I recorded like eight minutes of the Shop at Home channel. No. They're selling seven Beanie Babies for $3,000. And the guys oh. are saying, <laughs> <laughs> the guys are saying we have the top bears. We have uh, the peace bear, Garcia bear, only twenty nine ninety nine ninety five. Right? They're like, it's a great bargain, isn't it, folks? <laughs> like, it was amazing. It's on screen there, three thousand dollars. People will ne- will never believe you. This little piece of c- junky, junky little toys people were spending this money on. You you look at the prices now. The same things they're selling for three thousand dollars is worth about like ten dollars on eBay. You know? Yeah, I was just going to ask if there's if they're still worth anything. I think you know from what I I looked on Why eBay, would they I, be? <laughs> I, I got kind of curious. Like they said, a a few of them people are trying to sell for a couple hundred dollars. A few of the the, yeah. the bigger ones, but the ones that they were selling on that on that show, they were like mass producing them. These weren't ones that were like like a limited edition from like years earlier. They were current models. That there was a little bit of a shortage, and people were spending thousands of dollars for these little bean, beanie babies. It was ridiculous. But that's like the, that's the kind of stuff you can find on. I recorded so much old TV. It's been finding all these old shows like uh, the Twin Peaks, great yeah. TV show, but you can see it with the commercials and like with like the Gulf War update. Like before uh. Twin Peaks, yeah, the first Gulf War, the Gulf War update, you know? <laughs> then Twin Peaks came on and it's amazing. So it's like, this is some good stuff. Very, it, it's good to, you know, get, uh, you know, transfer it. Then I'm going to get rid of these tapes and, uh, you know, the, the DVDs take up a lot less space. And eventually those DVDs can go on hard drives. Those can be thrown away and, yeah, well, that's like these, again, I was w- reading another website where this expert was asked, you know, the people were asking, well, we have our, like, our personal photos, you know, like the old photo album. And they're asking if it's worth it to scan all the photos and, like, keep them on a hard drive, keep them on a CD or something rather than, you know, physically have them. And this expert says, no, the best thing to do is to have the actual pictures. Don't bother scanning them at all. They'll last longer. Well, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but they're gonna go. They're gonna like turn yellow and. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and if you if you scan them and have them in a you know again in a, in a an environment where it's fo- tolerant of fault, like if you have it in multiple locations or one of these backup yeah. services or something, you know, your house burns down or someone steals the photos or whatever, they still exist for anyone that's interested. Right. So it, it, it's funny because we're we're sort of at the dawn of this, assuming that the world continues going on and there's not like some huge economic crash like everyone's saying or global uh, if the world, warming if the world keeps yeah if the world keeps going on it's interesting we're at the dawn of this age where each person is is generating mass amounts of data which will be of, of interest to their family their descendants and other people i mean already i'm i'm you know i have terabytes of stuff that i've you know that I, that'd be great to preserve you know i mean if, if like my, my great-grandfather had all these like digital videos and stuff i'd love to see like what what he was like and you know what i mean yeah but, they, yeah, but these people they didn't leave anything behind because there was there was I don't know not as much technology back in the 1800s. 
I don't even think I have photos of my <laughs> my great grandfather. Yeah, if there is, it's like one photo, like like the uh, the photographer yeah, from like, the big city went went through the town like once every five years and took right. pictures of people. Well, I mean, it's it then it's a question of you know like fifty years from now, a hundred years from now, there will just be so much data. There would just be an insane amount of data. Will anyone care? about what happened a hundred years ago or something like that. Like anthropologists and archaeologists, their whole thing is to like piece, you know, historians piece together what happened in the past. You know, that's the whole, I guess that's like the whole, it's a mystery. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing about it. That's why the people are interested in it. It's like, Oh, you know, how did they do this? And Oh, I didn't know that they could do that. And, and, but now everything will be known. You know, there'll be no surprises. You'll be 400 years in the future and they'll know like everything that happened. Yeah, well, the uh, you know the, the 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 dictator of the world will go and like just edit everything, you know, <laughs> like, so it'll still yeah. be the same way. He'll like edit out everything, you know, and it'll be easier. Like like in the old Russian things, like they had to actually like like take like white out and white out all the different people from the pictures. But yeah. now all they, have to, all they have to do is like just edit the digital stuff. Oh, here's the real history now. It'll be it'll be a lot easier to alter history for those people now. It's all digital. <laughs> Or the uh, the X Files date, whatever it got moved back to, for the when the aliens come and kill uh, us all. Twenty twelve. Is that what they moved it back to? Yeah. Uh, well, in the in the last episode, they said twenty twelve. Uh, okay. All right. So we've got about five more years, and and that's it. So. You know what's you weird to... is that now or even growing up when I was younger and I would think about, you know, hey, when my parents grew up, that was such a long time ago. Things were so different. And of course, you know, they weren't that different, but it just seemed like it was such a you know, all these different TV shows and different style of movies and different technology and like old records and and little, uh, you know, there were no VCRs. They watched movies on reel to reel and all this stuff. It just seemed like such a weird thing, like this old thing. So do you think a child 10 years from now, 20, 30 years from now, is going to look back on the year 2007 and be like, wow, that, that was so, that was such an old time back then. They, they uploaded pictures to Flickr and they used Google and they had these little cell phones. And I think so. I, I, I do think things are, uh, are going to be moving past all that. Uh, so I do, I do, I think this is sort of like a, I, this, this is a great time because we're sort of, we sort of have half and half. We're still sort of one foot in the analog world and one foot in the digital world now. Uh, you know, more and more digital all the time, but still there's a lot of analog stuff going on. You know, like our TV transmissions are still analog. Like my, the cable TV I get in, in the house here is part digital and part analog, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm playing with videotapes that are analog and then making them into a digital format. So we're sort of like the, 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 the end, I think, of the, where the analog has anything to do with anything other than, then, well, I mean, I, I heard that, that vinyl records are actually making a resurgence because uh, that's another thing. I have a, I have a, a record player that's USB. It goes into the computer. I've been transferring records now to the computer too. Yeah, I heard you talking about that on the overnight yeah. scheme. And it's a heck of a lot of fun. And the thing is, since music now, since since it went to the CD, now the CD is gone, and now there's there's nothing. It's there's no physical form of music at all. <laughs> They're saying that some some people are like the fact that that are, that are, uh, a vinyl record album an LP. Uh, it's big and it has beautiful, like big artwork and it's very tactile. You take it out. It's like a ritual. You put it, you put it down on the turntable and you listen, you listen to one side at a time. And they're saying that, uh, because 
the, on the other side, the digital music has basically vanished. It's, it's, it's unphysical. Right. Like people are starting to look at vinyl and beat, beat that analog because, you know, technically also a vinyl album can restore more fine audio than, than digital. That's what some people think. So that's interesting that, that it's gone so far in one direction, people are going in the other direction. Well, one thing with digital audio is that I know in England, the record companies are trying something new and they're releasing albums on those little keychain USB drives now. Yeah. And it comes with album artwork and pictures and screensavers and ringtones and junk like that. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it's, you go to the store, you spend $10, you get the little USB thumb drive, whatever it's called. I mean, an, an album and all that stuff you're talking about is a couple hundred megabytes. And these days, that's not that hard to download. So why even bother with the, the physical format? I guess it's kind of a gimmick. But uh, right. have you seen at Starbucks now, they're selling... Um, they sell these big plastic cards. It's actually bigger than a CD, but it's like the same material as a credit card. It's like just thick plastic, right? Huh. Have, you, have you seen these? No. And it's an album. It's an actual album, but it, it's just a piece of plastic. So you buy it and they scan it and then you, you know, you, you get a code on there and you type it in and you, you can download the album off the iTunes music store. But it's actually like, like just a card that represents it. It's kind of interesting. Like, so it's like, like a credit. But you're getting the artwork sort of like the cover of it. Uh. But then you download it. It's kind of interesting how they're doing that. I don't know. I feel like on one hand, from an environmental perspective, it's a, it's, it's good that people aren't buying all of these tons and tons and tons and millions of plastic discs and then throwing out the shrink wrap, throwing out the cellophane, the plastic bags and all that stuff and, and eventually throwing out the discs. So environmentally, it's good that downloading has become popular. But at the same time, like you said, I I grew up with records, putting the needle on and holding the cover, and, and and I know it sounds stupid to some people, but I don't know. Part of me misses that. And I, I have a feeling that if we have some sort of societal breakdown, there's no more electricity, you'll be able to rig up a record player pretty easily <laughs> compared to a computer with an you, internet. Yeah, connection. if you have a if you have a, a flash drive with some songs on it, good luck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I mean, a record, literally, you could just, you could put a pin on there and kind of hear it if you're spinning it around, you know? Right, right. So that's another benefit of it. But they're just so big and big and bulky. You know? And and also, you were saying before how some people feel like records sound better than CDs. And for a long time, I would argue with people and say, that's stupid. Of course, a CD sounds better than a record. And it can. And a lot of times it does. I've done some reading about this and even just my own experience listening to new music. And I think part of the reason why I can't stand a lot of new music is because for about the past nine or 10 years, the studios that do the, the audio mastering, yeah, they, they put the finishing touches, the EQ and all that at the very last stage. I don't know. I, I've, I've been reading that the record companies have been pressuring the mastering studios to make their CDs sound louder and louder and louder compared to all the other companies' CDs. I, I heard the same exact thing. Right? I, was talking to a, I was talking to a guy who's a uh, who's really into vinyl and about the mastering issues, and he said that a lot of the vinyl albums from the past, the mastering was done in a was sort sort of a much broader um, you know dynamic spectrum of sound, right? Right, right. And uh, and they were using different mastering uh, systems, and so the way. That the, the audio was mastered and then, and then pressed onto the disc. It was just, it was just a better audio philosophy. And that now you're right. 
the mastering houses have been have been compressing them and and mac, you know maximizing the the loudness more and more, and that results in an inferior mix. Well, and and not only part, that, yeah. they've been compressing the audio, which reduces the dynamic. I mean, it, I can go out and buy a CD, and I have, and it to me it just it sounds like static because there's absolutely. Zero, there's maybe one decibel of dynamic range, which yeah. is which is insane for a CD because it's supposed to have what 96 decibels of dynamic range to make it sound louder. And they're the mastering uh, people are actually clipping the audio on the CD to try to get a few extra decibels out of it. Why are they doing this? Well, because I think it started on the radio you know, and on television when you know when 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 you're watching a TV show or a radio show and then it goes to the commercial. You always could hear that compression because right. it it always sounds louder because it's just more compressed and because they want it to stand out more. So they've been doing that for years, and I and I guess now if some it, it's just to the point if, if someone buys a CD and it sounds softer than everyone else's, it's it's it, it's like an arms race, right? Because right, right. if no one was doing it, it wouldn't matter. But now everyone's doing it. People buy a CD and they're like, the CD is too quiet. I don't right. like I don't like this company. <laughs> <laughs> It's ridiculous, and it, you know, it's the the market demands and the philosophies of of audio mastering uh, o- over the years, you know. So, well, and, and that may be part of why records sound better. Yeah, and the other problem is when CDs were first introduced in the 1980s and even the early 1990s, mid 1990s, they were mastered in a much more um, a much more sensitive way, and they sound good. But then, you know, maybe after a decade, these record labels, to make money, they were, you know, they would come out with the album again, you know, remastered, reissued, digitally restored. And I've seen articles online that compare the original CD that came out in maybe 1988 to the, the digitally remastered version that came out in 1998 or 2002 or whatever. And the one from the 1980s, early 1990s, has a lot of dynamic range. There's no clipping. There's no distortion. And then the one that's like supposedly superior, digitally remastered, has no dynamic range and is and it has hard clipping on the sound wave. Yeah. And it's like they're ruining it. Yeah, as if the record industry wasn't already doing everything else wrong. <laughs> doing something else wrong too. So my thing right here is my. Get rich quick for the record industry. Okay. They can come out with an even newer and more improved super remastered version of the album for an eighth time or a ninth time and have it restored to its normal dynamic range. And it'll yeah, sound a little softer, but you turn up the volume and it'll be like, wow. This sounds really good. I'm glad I bought this new super improved version, which is really the old version. Yeah, well, I think they're actually doing. It. I think that the new Led Zeppelin uh, best of is like I was reading it's the exact same best of, just like a new cover. See, that's because the it, trick. Yeah, it's like this. Like so, I, some people are writing, "This is great. I already own this." <laughs> like, it's, it's <laughs> like it's like it's Led Zeppelin's mothership. You know, it's like this brand new compilation of their best songs. But it was like already released. <laughs> People buy it. I, I know. I mean, it, it's uh, amazing.
So, Greg and I were talking about this in the last episode, 89, and I imagine you've heard about this, but we we used to go here once in a while at Willowbrook Mall, the Fun and Games Arcade. Yeah. Do you know that it's closing down? No. Say it isn't so. Are you you serious? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, come on. Yeah, I figured you would have known about that. What what do they call those things? Uh, What was that MTV show, like The Shocker? The punker, the punk. That's it. Punk, the shocker. We're not it, punking it, you. Punk? What? Fun and games. That place can't close. That's it. Yeah, they're they're doing an auction of all the games. But so you guys have a much better idea of the arcade scene in northern New Jersey. Yeah. Is there still an arcade scene in northern New Jersey? Um, <laughs> trying, I'm, I'm trying to think around here. Uh, well, there is. I mean, it, it, there's there is an arcade at, at Menlo Park Mall, but it's uh, it's nowhere near. I mean, nothing nothing was as good as Fun and Games. You know, there's those like like me- Mega Fun Zone, like the place that has like uh, the go karts and stuff. There's a few of those around that have yeah. games. Those, I mean, they wind up with like the you know you have the same like ten or eleven games, and they're they're always like really the bad ones from like the early two thousands or old driving games or something like that. I'll go to a movie theater or something like that. Yeah, they ha- they always have the new game. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the movie theaters are turning into arcades. It's uh, weird. They they were like the only one. There was like one of the, the low Sony theaters or something in like Seacaucus were the only ones that had, I think it was like the Star Wars arcade game or something. I forget what it was. It's like 10 years ago. And my friend and I, we wanted to play the game. So we went up to the movie theater entrance, uh, you know, and we're like, uh yeah, we just want to play the arcade games. We're like, no, you have to buy a ticket. <laughs> I'm like, no, we just want to play the arcade games. No, you have to buy a ticket. We argued with them forever. So we bought a ticket one time because there's over in Sea Caucus, there's and again, these these theaters I advise no one to go there anymore. They're dumps. There's two different theaters that were Sony's and other Lowe's or whatever. And we went in the one theater, because that's where the movie was, but yet the game we wanted to play was in the other theater. <laughs> so I said to them, I am not buying this ticket here for this movie unless you promise me that we can go to the other theater and get in and play the game. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah don't worry about it. So we go in there, we watch the movie. I think it was like one of the Star Wars uh, special editions. And we go what? back to the other theater and they won't let us in. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I said, curse them. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. I don't know. I mean, look, I understand that over the last 10 years, arcade uh, games haven't exactly been the best overall. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's dying. I mean, if, in, in, you know, in Times Square, where I've been, you know, following all the arcades for many years, you know, the only one left is Dave and Buster's. That's it. And that, that's fairly uh, new. Yeah. And, and they're, oh, they're worse. mostly, they're mostly redemption games and they have a few video games here and there. But everything else closed down. Broadway City and Laser Park and XS and everything. And it's, it, it's really sad. Yeah. Uh, but the age of the arcade is over. I mean, I, I don't even know what new arcade games are out other than King of Fighters 11, which is a good one. <laughs> they actually have that at Fun and Games. Maybe you should go buy it. How much did that cost? <laughs> I don't. King of Fighters play, 11 cabinet. Place a bid. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of want to go just to see it. It would be very sad to see it. Yeah. That, that place is kind of important for me. And I know a lot of people that's a, for anyone that doesn't know, it's uh, probably the best arcade, definitely in New Jersey, and in this whole like Eastern Seaboard, probably one of the best video game arcades 
you're saying you're looking for around 30 years, right? It, I mean, it's yeah. mm-hmm. it was there from the early history of of, of video games, the, the the top arcade ever, and it's like sad. I'm like bummed out. I'm like on all these websites. People are talking about it. Sorry. I, mean, I, I, I know. I'm glad I know about it. I, I mean, wow. The news broke like, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago. Wow. I mean, you know, the thing is, it's not just arcades. It's all the like small, like family fun centers, you want to call them, yeah. in the area are all closing. They're all gone. Everyone's just in their house, you know? And the, yeah. I mean, like their, the uh, sports uh, yeah, world was this, this place that, Pretty much the only reason to go there was this laser tag game that they had in there, and that's gone. You know, so now the only place you can you can play an arcade game, you know, if you're a kid or something, is at a Dave and Buster's or a Fuddruckers yeah. or Chuck E. Cheese, where it's like two dollars a game. <laughs> yeah, you know, for Pac Man. That friggin' Dave and Buster's. They don't even. They, they like you convert They're your horrible. money into chips. You get a card, and like this game is twenty four point three chips. Yeah. And I'm I'm sitting there trying to figure out how much money is that? Is that like a couple dollars? Like I don't even know what chip these chips are. I know. It's like a total mind game in that place. Well the yeah. ESPN sports zone is the same exact Ugh. way. Yeah, the yeah. world is changing. The the you know, the the age of the arcade I guess is over and it was fun while it lasted, but uh, yeah, there really haven't been any any I mean, a few fighting games here and there and just a, a sort of a like driving games like uh was it the, like the Tokyo, the, the initial D drifting game and like all the like yeah. variations of like Japanese <laughs> anime, you know, and of course the Dance Dance Revolution stuff and oh, which right. I never got into. But did you ever play the raft game where you get to sit in a raft and paddle? Yes. That was a, that was a great one. That was from sort of the nineties, like the last resurgence of arcade games. And Namco had a lot of those, like they had prop yeah. cycle where you actually were sitting on an exercise bike and had to actually pedal it. <laughs> yes. It was actually like a strenuous game. And, uh, was it, was it Raging Rapids? Is that the one, uh, that you're talking about with that paddle? That was sort of like, yeah, that, that was like the last gasp of, they were trying to make like big machines that had like physical yeah. things to interact with. And it all kind of fell apart. I just remember there were, I think it was Sega. There was one, it was a, a horse riding one. <laughs> yeah, and you got yeah. onto this plat, you know, like at, like at a little children's playground, those little plastic yeah. horses. Yeah. And you, well, and like the little ones with the quarter. You put the quarter in it. <laughs> so it had that. And I saw people riding on it and you have to bounce the thing up and down. <laughs> to make yeah. the horse go. Yeah. Which, yeah, oh, you know, but... I guess they were getting creative with the arcades. But luckily, most of those games are on, on MAME. I'm, I'm still keeping up with the, the MAME, the multiple arcade machine emulator. Yes. They're, they're pretty good. They've got just about everything in there. you got to get us a DVD of that at some point, because I don't feel yeah. like... I If you're going to do the work, I'm going to reap the benefits. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't feel yeah. like downloading all that stuff. Not too much work anymore with the uh, BitTorrent and the... Uh, well, there's, there's one place online, I won't mention it, but there's one good site that'll help you out with that. But it's a ratio site, so you're going to have to share or else they'll kick your ass. Ugh, I know, <laughs> forget about those. I okay. just leech, and that's it. I leech, and that's it's, it, I'm uh, out. The, the thing is, it's, <laughs> it's about 80 gigabytes now. With oh, hey. wow. <laughs> but that, that's for the hard drive images. It's, it's only like uh, like 12 or 13 without. But the hard drive images are the TPS3 games, like uh, all the Street Fighter 3s and, and stuff like that, and Warzord, well, that's what a Dreamcast is for. <laughs> yeah, but how about Warzord? That's a, that, the Red Earth. That's an amazing game that was never released on any any other platform. Uh, I don't know what those are. I like um, the old games. You should learn. You should learn what Warzord is. What, what is in, it called? In, in, in Japan, it was Warzord, W-A-R-Z, Warzard. And in, Warzard. in America, I, I never saw it. It was called Red Earth. 
uh-huh. it's a fighting game. It's a two-dimensional fighting game. And there's one character, you know, the, the, the witch woman uh, who was in uh, the Super Puzzle Fighter game. His, her name is Tessa. The, the American name is Tessa. You're familiar with this character? No. <laughs> this is like, like <laughs> this is very obscure video game stuff. No, Tessa is like this this woman with like a witch costume on, and she's from Red Earth. And she and she's you know like the Capcom likes to use their characters over and over again. She's also in that Super Puzzle Fighter Turbo. You know the the game is sort of like a like a column type game. Yeah. You have yeah. little mini Street Fighter characters. She's in that, but she came from Warzord, and like no one ever saw Warzord until it was supported in Maine just recently. Oh, so it's an older game. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's from the same time as like uh, Street Fighter Three. It's yeah, it's it, it's an amazing game, and it, 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 like no one ever saw it. Earth I know is the good Earth. The worst <laughs> book ever. Yeah. Is that, yeah. That, is that about the, like all I remember is like Chinese people that were like uh, digging in the ground or something. I don't know. Yeah. That was on the cover. It's all I, well, I, I read it in school. All I remember is the cover: Chinese people digging. Right. <laughs> like all, the rest of it was like erased from my memory. I guess to make make room for other things, but the cover, I guess, was compressed and stayed in my mind. For <laughs> less. They made you read a lot of crappy books back then in school. You know? Yes. Oh yeah. Slaughterhouse Five and I don't know Chocolate War. The Chocolate War, of course. <laughs> like that book sucked. Okay, the Chocolate War sucked. Like, I remember <laughs> it. It's, just, it's dumb. And like everyone had to read the Chocolate War. I know. That book sucks. L- I am the Lord cheese. of the Flies. I am the yeah, cheese. Oh, I am the cheese. Yeah. Okay? I, I mean, I, I, I like. I don't know why they chose these like random like bad novels for every kid to read. I don't know. I, Laziness. I, I have to say that. You know, look, I know these books are, are considered classics and everything. Um, Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn and stuff. I just never cared. <laughs> I have no connection or interest to these I like the old song. hillbilly I like the song children. I like Tom Sawyer better by Rush. That's a good song. Wait, yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> I'd rather listen to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least Tom, uh, Mark Twain inspired the song. He did something. All right. Yeah, that's true. You don't really need the book anymore once you have the song. You know? Well, uh, it's like David Copperfield. Who, who's going to read that and understand it? Yeah, you, and you got a magician with the same name. Right, right. It's, it's like, what is he doing now? He's like murdering women and putting them in warehouses. <laughs> is that the story? Or is that, it's like, I, I kind of just half saw the story. Like, there's a woman in a warehouse. I don't like what's right. going on with that guy. Ah, uh, the FBI is looking for him. That's all I know. Wait, isn't that Phil Spector? Like, didn't he get off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Norm McDonald was right. Murder is legal in California. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I saw this this new movie, B-Movie. Have you seen this movie? Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait. When I first saw the posters and things like that, I said, okay, I like computer animated movies. I like Jerry Seinfeld. Maybe I'll go see the movie when it comes out. And we talked about this in the last couple of episodes. There has been, I watch Channel 4 a lot. Not and a there has there it. has been nonstop B movie commercials even during the shows at you know, the bottom I, I, of the screen, and I said, "You know what? I can't take I it anymore. I'm never watching this movie." I saw literally 20 minutes of what you're talking about. I was watching. I was just randomly watching one of those shows, Thirty Rock or something, and and uh, yeah, like like Jerry Seinfeld comes on. It's time for a B minute. Hey, and he's, like, <laughs> he's, he's doing these little skits that are not funny. I They're know. annoying as hell. And uh, hey, I'm B movie. <laughs> And then it's all like they're they're being all self aware, 
Jerry Seinfeld is a guest on the show. And I'm actually playing myself talking about the B-movie. Like, right. Shut right. up! Get out of here with the damn B-movie! No, I, I, I mean, I can, is, I, you know. Is it good? No, it's not. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. It's a movie. It's, it's literally, okay, like the movie starts off. It starts off kind of like, okay, it's, it's just like these bees and they live in this hive. It's kind of interesting. But the storyline, it's, it, it's almost like, like a, just like a, a dream. But like, it has dream logic, but in a bad way. Like things just happen and they make absolutely no sense. Yeah. The bee starts talking to the woman and she doesn't even question it. Oh, hi, bee. You know, and, and then right. the bees like sue the humans and it's in a courtroom and it's like, what? It's like, <laughs> Wait a it, minute. It, and at the end, you have like, like, like they're flying an airplane through a thunderstorm and, and, and they, they, they have like, they're, they're, they're going to California to, to drive a parade float around and it's like, the what? Bees? Like, yeah. What? It's, it, it's just, it makes, it starts Wait, making the bees are flying an airplane. Yeah. Well, like, like the one bee is flying the airplane, then all the other bees go underneath it, like, and like holding it up. Like, <laughs> like, 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 these are things that are like the worst ideas you could imagine. Like, people are sitting around a writing table. Let's have the bees holding up the plane. Like, what? Wait, why didn't Dumb. the bees just fly there without the plane? It seemed like it was at, like, they said, you know what? We're just going to make a friggin' movie about bees. And who gives a crap if it makes any sense? That's, it's almost like they said that. And, and, and it, by the end, it's like, what did I, I just want, it, 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 it is, it's horrible. Well, we so felt it really the same. is a B movie. It, well, like one of the review, I think the one of the reviews is like, it's not a B movie, it's a Z movie. Uh, no, we felt the same way about the Transformers movie that came out over the summer. I don't know, just yeah. that that Transformers movie made no sense whatsoever from beginning yeah. to end. That nothing does, about yeah. it made any sense, and that did very well. B movies doing very well. So, what does that prove? People love, love garbage. <laughs> I guess, it, 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 like, like that movie, like that B movie, to me, it, it, it was a like I'd never seen a movie like that. With, with like, like the fact that there's a writer strike now, like you wouldn't even need any writers to write this movie. It, it's just like one person is just like rambling. Actually, it's, speaking of the writer strike, I've been reading that the the late night talk shows and all these shows are like they're they're just going into reruns now. How long is this going to go on? I don't know. How How is it that, like, me as an amateur and you guys as amateurs, we can sit and do these shows off the top of our heads. We're not even trained to do it. And we're just, like, <laughs> random people. We, like, I, like, we could do shows. We don't need writers. We just do it. We're, like, these, suppose, you know, whatever, at some level, personalities or whatever. These And, and you're saying that David Letterman and these guys, they couldn't do it. They need a team of writers for what, they, for what they're going to say. It's, I know. Are, like, aren't of, they yeah, supposed like, to be? Like, per- David Letterman be, like, the top guy in his field doing this kind of thing? Well, you know? as far as he I know, he's not going to do that. Yeah, but aren't these people supposed to be professional comedians? Yeah, like just write your own material and just like ramble on about something. That's why he, he just sits there and talks to Paul anyway. Uh, you know, <laughs> I can't you know, the stand. The people have to watch it. It's like, hey, Paul, you know what's going on? They just <laughs> ramble back and forth. Hey, let's go down to uh, Rupert G at the Hello Deli. <laughs> hey, Rupert. They do Hello, not. Hello, Dave. <laughs> That's his whole and, show. I'm telling you, I, I haven't watched uh, The Tonight Show or The David Letterman <sighs> Show in a long time. The Tonight Show is unbearable. Jay Leno well, the is... Thing is it, they both are, uh, because I was flipping through, and okay, David Letterman's on. I haven't watched it in a while. 
and he's just going on for ten minutes about this stupid Jamba Juice drink. <laughs> hey, hey, Paul, this Jamba Juice, oh, it's giving me diarrhea. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. I, my st- Someone had to write that for like, him, too, right? It was like a writer. And I, I can't <laughs> believe I'm watching this. This is awful. Well, it's sad considering, you know, his, you know, his show in the heyday was amazing, you know, and it was back in the eighties. His, that was a great show. It really was. <laughs> and now it's nothing. Even Conan is not, uh, I can't even watch him anymore. And I used to watch him all the time, but it's just, yeah, he's okay. It's just too repetitive. What, what is happening? Why, why is everything degenerating? It's, it's very scary. Like, uh, and not only know, that, but these other late, late night talk shows like Carson Daly and that, Ferguson, still Craig on? Ferguson, yeah, Scottish guy, and these shows are awful. Jimmy Kimmel and Craig oh, Kilborn, and <laughs> he's not on anymore. No, actually, I think Craig Ferguson is pretty. Tom funny. Schneider, no, he's dead. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, the Tomorrow Show, come on. Uh, <laughs> we, we, when he died, we were talking about him on the show, and I was laughing about how he had this show in the '90s, a talk show, where he sat in a studio <laughs> by himself and interviewed people. You know, via satellite, but they were all in Los Angeles. He couldn't get him next to him in the chair. <laughs> yeah, I remember he that. Would... <laughs> I've always wondered when someone like Tom Snyder or Bill Maher or whoever does an interview via satellite, how was that? I don't understand how they set that up. Like, where is the person? In a, in a studio. <laughs> The person doesn't no, but like sometimes it's at the person's house, or it looks like it's at a building or something. Yeah, they bring like a like a satellite truck to their house, you know. So they yeah. go through all that trouble. Yeah, yeah. you know what? It, when you when you come to think of it, it sounds like just fly the person out there. Yeah. <laughs> right? Couldn't they just be via like internet? <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, why do you need satellite yeah. webcam? You telling me that you can't put that like, yeah, like, like a broadcast no. signal through a through a web connection? <laughs> yeah, but then it'll look like you know like. Uh, when those guys on CNN report from Iraq or something, oh, yeah. you know, and it, it's all grainy and so with the writer strike, I don't really know all the details, but let's just say whatever their demands are, uh, if if Hollywood doesn't meet their demands, what happens? These people never work again. Yeah, I think the whole thing just sort of collapses. <laughs> Well, podcasters it's like, over. I'm a professional writer. I'm in the writer's union. I demand right. this. I'm going on strike. Yeah. Three months later, hey, you know what? We're not meeting your demands. Well, the union says I can only work in a union position. And if you're not hiring union writers anymore, I can never work again. <laughs> like, I don't know. I would think that eventually, like, they could just say, like, the film companies could just say, look, we're, we're going to start working with new writers and they're going to start their own union and we're right. going to have it like, oh, you guys are fired forever. You know, like, right. they, I, guess, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but I would imagine that they could do that. Uh, yeah. Like, look, get, like all new people. I, it, the, the thing is, there's a, how many writers are in the writers guild? There's like, it's 8,000 uh, like, or something. It's yeah, it's like, no, there's like, yeah, there's like 12,000 or something like that. And, uh, I can't imagine that there's anybody out there that's, a major like writer that's not in this stupid guild, and then yeah, but they but they suck. I mean, they, look like look at a show like Heroes. I don't know if you've been following Heroes, but yes, the first season was it was decent. Okay, it was it was pretty good. This new season, they even admit they completely destroyed it. The writing was terrible. How can you have the number one of the number one shows on television, one of the most important shows for 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 NBC, one of these huge networks, 
and and what do they they hire like 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 uh, cheaper writers? The show is a disaster. It's a, it's it's horrible. It's almost unwatchable. How I watched happen? Heroes last season, and I'm watching it this season. And this happened to me a little bit last season, but it's happening a lot more this season. Where I get through an episode, and and the episodes are an hour long every Monday. Yeah. So I get through the episode. And I keep telling myself, again, especially with this season, why is nothing happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm it's already at like Seinfeld. The, the fifth episode, the sixth episode. That's like six hours of TV and nothing has happened. Nothing. Nothing wow. has happened in wow. the storyline so far. Do you watch the show Prison Break at all? Heroes and then Journeyman are like the only shows I watch these days. No. I like Journeyman. That's a good one. Yeah, I have to watch that one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really worth it. But but that will show you like these supposedly these great professional writers. Yeah. You're just, you're just getting worse and worse. I mean, what, what do <laughs> well, they do that's that good? But it just sort of seems like, uh, you know, while and, and these guys are all on strike and all this stuff, you know that the internet video thing is like exploding now. And... Lots of you know, it's not just like a like a, a kid in his basement making the videos anymore. Right. There's actually bigger companies now making content uh, for 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 the web because uh, I went to this meetup. You know, you know the concept of meetup.com. You meet up with people. You know, so I've been going to these podcasting meetups, and you might get like, you know, you know, you get like 20 people if you're lucky. I went to the online video meetup like like literally like a week ago. 400 people came to this meetup. They wow. jammed into the studio. They and there was a line out the building to get in the elevator. Okay. This enormous, this huge space was like jammed full of like 400 people, and it's all the, the online video stuff. So wow. these stupid networks and stuff, you know, <laughs> it, it's only a matter of time before. Because yeah, if it's just some kid with a video camera, chances are the content may not be that great. But we're right. talking about companies that are funded, that have money, that have you know professional equipment and everything else, right? They're starting to produce shows that are of a higher quality, and. uh I, I think these TV networks are going to basically be collapsing completely. It's the revenge of local access. Yes, there you go. I'm telling you, you know, you know what I'm saying. You you could actually make a very good looking show, and this sort of this sort of middle tier of video production, which is not, you know, like like a network quality, but it's definitely not the Wayne and Garth or the the, the you know the yeah. you know the YouTube kind of thing. That is huge. It's like it, like this is like the the emergence of, of like a new dot com thing now is, is the online video. And apparently New York City is the uh, the center of the online video world right now. Whatever yeah. it is, web three point oh, four point oh, whatever it is these <laughs> days. Um so that's it's interesting as you know, as like I think television is getting worse and worse and the writing's getting worse and there's these strikes. There's other things sort of coming up, so I don't know. Well Frank, you started doing podcasting several years ago. And I liked it, and Greg liked it, and I'm like, hey, you know, we we can do this too, and we can talk about things and share our experiences with people, and people can listen. And I know that podcasting has gotten popular over the last couple of years, but do you feel like we sort of went from just the plain old regular internet, like email and pictures and things like that, and for a second... There was podcasting, and then we just went directly to video. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, and it's just... sort of like I, I feel like podcasting sort of <laughs> got lost in the shuffle. Like, hey, wait a minute. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the podcast meetups, the subject was the death of podcasting because at the last <laughs> expo out in California, that was a big topic, the death of podcasting. And uh, in the world of, of online video, you have people out of startup companies and become millionaires. You have an enormous infrastructure. If you make a video, you can now upload it easily to like 10, 15 different sites and get huge exposure from all the different people browsing these sites right? right for your video. You can, uh, there is nothing like that for podcasting right now. There really is nothing there. You're sort of on your own. Like, I have a website. You guys have a website. We put our audio on our website. And, oh, wow. You know, come, <laughs> come listen to it. Uh, right. They said there's, there's not been any podcasting. You know, people that have started a company and then been bought and made, made millions of dollars. Um, and it, it, it is a format that has just kind of, like, floundered. It's, it's unfortunate. But do you feel like nobody cares? We want video and YouTube and little 30-second videos. and Yeah, I think, well, I, I think the video stuff is... Uh, a little more anchored to online, so it's a lot... Like, like the whole thing about podcasting was, it's great, you take the audio content off the internet. But it turns out the internet is a place where, you know, put ads, so if you click on it, they can measure it. So right. this whole podcasting thing is, hey, guess what? It's great, we're going to take it off the internet. Great, hmm. so people can't click on it. Great, <laughs> you know? Like, that's, I think that's sort of part of it. Yeah, but... Yeah, you, you can take videos off the internet, but no, nowhere near as much. Who, who, you know, who does that? If you're going to watch a three-minute video, you're going to watch it on your computer. I just feel like people aren't it's like so what you do audio who cares it's it's well, all I mean, about video it's, now it's, it's a uh it's sort of a uh an echo of what happened with radio back in the late 1940s when uh yeah television took over except that radio back then was really popular <laughs> podcasting <laughs> is really never got that popular but uh, in any case i don't think i don't think it's over i think that the uh the, the concept of podcasting which is People, they, they, they said that people still think you need an iPod for podcasting. No. The, the word itself is really flawed. Right. They, they said that they, they uh, did a poll. I forget what it was. Like a, a significant portion of people still think podcasting, you need an iPod. Like they <laughs> uh, don't get it at all. They don't get it all. What's they, wrong with people? They, they, they just don't get it. And uh, I think that, and again, the concept of an RSS feed and this and that, I think it's, the word and the concept is has become maybe more of a hindrance to the internet, the concept of internet radio. But I do believe internet radio is going to continue, and I think it will. There will be a resurgence at the point in the future, absolutely. But you know, even someone who has a really, really super popular podcast, like let's say Leo Laporte, you know, maybe he's getting three hundred, three hundred fifty thousand listeners, which is huge. But compared to a video on YouTube that gets like eight million. Well, yeah, I mean, television <laughs> shows are always going to be more popular in terms of listening than radio shows, unless it's, you know, Rush Limbaugh or something, I guess. It's it's discouraging, and finally, at, at this past expo, everyone's starting to just come out and admit it. The whole podcasting thing did not turn out the way it was hyped back in 2005. Um, but still, pe people are optimistic about the future of it. It's just right now... Everything's in video, and I'm feeling the pressure. I don't know if you guys are feeling the pressure. I'm feeling the pressure. But should I get into? I, I don't. I don't want to get into video. I, I like audio so much more. But should I just start doing videos just because it's a big thing now? And I don't know. I know we should. We should do a, a video show. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you should just see these 400 people crammed into this room, and and in podcasting, you get like 15, 20 people. I mean, it's like I know. New York City podcasting for years. We were getting like literally seven, eight people to these meetings. If you think about it, you know, radio people, like I listened to Howard Stern for a while, Opie and Anthony, Ron and Fez, you know, those kinds of shows, sports talk shows. 
Have you ever seen what some of these disc jockeys, you know, these radio hosts look like? <laughs> They're hideous. Yeah. They're a mess. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> They'll never happening. make it on video. <laughs> Come on, we look better than and, these guys. Oh, obviously. <laughs> and and you know, these guys will never make it on video, and that's that would be a shame because they're so good on radio. And well, it's like you're driving in a car. You can't listen to, you can't watch a video. You're not supposed to be watching a video <laughs> or driving in a car, but. Yeah, yeah things, things, things have got to change. It's, uh, I think the video thing will pass by too. Well, yeah. maybe not. Maybe so not. So I think, <laughs> well, most of it, what's sad is that, you know, podcasting just is what, a, a, about three years old now. And like most of all the stuff that, that's been out there is like all people release shows and then they're, now they're all like just, offline you know like everything everything's gone they're, they're just like not available anymore sometimes we talk about other podcasts on the show and, and usually they're horrible and we make fun of them <laughs> but then like months later i'll go and i'll say yeah you know what let's see if this show has improved that we talked about six months ago and it's like yeah. wait a minute the website's gone they're all gone. <laughs> yeah. maybe we killed them <laughs> maybe we convinced everyone not to listen to yeah, it or they do one episode every three months and act like they're doing someone a service or it yeah. sounds like they're talking through an old walkie-talkie wow we've had that a issue people, a lot of people can't handle podcasting if they get into it they think it's going to be all fun yeah. they don't realize that it kind of destroys your life but at some level it's worth it <laughs> oh, it, it has, let me tell you, it has completely consumed my life. Ah. Editing all this audio and making it sound per, cause like sometimes, sometimes Greg, you and I will be talking and it sounds okay. And then afterwards yeah. I'll play it back and be like, oh man, that, that came out a little garbled. I'll have to process it and uh, fix it up and just leave and, it and trying to make two people's volumes match each other and. You know, it takes a long time. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's just. And I, I like I, it. I, I really I like it. I do too. I can't stop, but it's 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 it, it it has become a bit of a, you know, a problem. And like podcasting is almost like an addiction. You know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have podcasting. You know, it's like. Uh, and Greg and I have talked about doing other shows, and I would love to do other shows, like maybe one show all about video games, or one show all about something. And it's just like I would love to do it, but I know that it would just completely ruin my life time wise yeah i kind of tried that earlier this year with uh with my good friend mad mike and that didn't really work out oh yeah yeah what happened with that you had that other show anything but monday yeah and it was a premium podcast people yeah could pay. we tried that tried it out and actually you know amazingly there were like maybe two companies which are now of course out of business that <laughs> that provided technology to make your show a lot of people to pay for your show uh, in a podcasting world and uh neither of them like worked it, they were just disasters and so i had to i had to sort of cobble together like a premium podcasting system and somehow i actually did it i can't believe i actually I, i'm not like a super web programmer or whatever right but i actually put something together it actually worked and we got a handful of people who were listeners to my show to sign up and pay money to listen to the other show but uh in the end it was just it was taking so much more time even than any other show i've ever worked on and, well, uh, you, well, you guys were doing long shows too. Yeah, we're doing like three-hour show each week. And, <laughs> That's uh, a long show. But like, you know, this guy Mad Mike, he had a very busy schedule, so like, we wound up literally. He's like, you know, can you come over Friday night at two? And like, we were there like two, three, eight, four a.m. recording these shows. Oh, wow! <laughs> like, it, it was like what? It, it, it was clearly, and he didn't understand podcasting. He thought instantly all these people would come to the show, and you know, the show, the show was. It was good. It was, it, I think it was a quality show, but it wasn't like super amazingly great that's going to like attract all his attention. 
I, I think part of me, like when we first started doing the Paunch Stevenson show, part of me was realistic, but then another part of me was like, oh man, this is going to be so cool. People are going to find the website and tell their friends and they're going to love it and we're going to have all these listeners and it's like, well, it doesn't really work like that. <laughs> We've lost even our own friends. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's, it's rough. But I mean, like, I, I, I'm lucky in that I, I have like enough like sort of presence online that I will get an email maybe every couple of weeks from someone I never heard from before, even though obviously we're not talking about huge numbers. Right. That is, that can like really like motivate you for a few more weeks. You know, right, that you're, right. you're reaching <laughs> yeah. someone. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I guess you could say hugely disappointed based on where things were headed in 2005, where we got to now in 2007. The 2005 was the year. I mean, it started off podcasting was only a few months old. And that year was just a, a ma- massive, like my listenership like exploded. If you look at the graph, it was just going up and up and up. Yeah, well, that's when and, we started too. And that, but that was it. Like that, <laughs> as soon as you got to January 2006, it hit a plateau. Yeah, you too. decline. See, we, we ruined it. It was because of us. Oh, yeah, exactly. You, we too. jinxed it. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> although, although I, I, Frank, I think you're very, you seem to be very popular with Europeans. Yeah. Well, I, I had, I had that really lucky break that a reporter from the uh like the, the the london equivalent of the new york times wrote like a one-page article about the overnight escape in like the new york times magazine in london you know like, like the, the london times magazine it was like the most high profile thing ever it was like podcasting was like one month old it was in november 2004 this guy this guy e- emails me hi i'm a reporter for the Times of london can i call you for an interview i'm like wow. yeah that's cool and, it was, and, and i got so many listeners in england from that it was, it was just dumb luck back then for maybe a couple hundred podcasts, right? And they just, the guy just randomly chose me. But that, that was one, you know, really lucky break. I don't know if there were many other lucky breaks. That was a big one, though. Which, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's sad because I, I really thought, like you were, you were saying, I thought by word of mouth, I think I do a quality show. I think by word, I thought it by word of mouth. We're dealing with an entire, like, literally bill, an, a potential audience of billions of people. Right. You think by word of mouth, you would get a couple tens of thousands. But it just, you just hit up against this wall. It's just, it's, it's disappointing. But somehow I'm still doing it. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen with it? But I have a secret project too that, that'll be coming out hopefully this month. So you'll see that. Well, yeah. will so we be able to find out about that on the overnightscape.com? Yes. It, it, I think I, will, I want to have the first one done before I uh, announce it. So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, in this month of November 2007, or early December 2007, I'll have the, uh, the secret project released. Can you give and us a hint? It deals with long-form audio. So I'm sort of going in the opposite direction. People are going now to sh- very short videos, and I'm moving more towards the idea of very long audio. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going, I'm going somewhere where no one else wants to go because you know, I, I, I believe that the audio, digital audio medium represents a completely new way of uh, of looking at audio because there has never, ever, ever, ever been a case where you could get literally hundreds of hours of recorded audio easily to anyone in the world. And now you can. Uh, and there's literally no limit anymore with yeah. broadband and with the storage. So there's things you can do with longer audio that you can't do with shorter audio. And that'll be later this month? I'm hoping. I'm, I'm, I'm very far along in the project. I just, uh, you know, I'm saying like the first one of this thing, I'm hoping to get out. I, 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 cause I don't want to announce it and 
I, I, I've done this in the past, and so many people announce their plan to do something, and then they just never do it, and it's kind of embarrassing, you know? <laughs> right, right. So I don't, I, I, I've done that so many times, I, I just... Well, and you don't want anyone to steal your idea or, or get a jump on your idea. Yeah, exactly, in the uh, very competitive world of long-term oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. Cutthroat. 